Hello from the children of planet Earth. Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hi, I'm Dr. Amanda Bauer. And I'm Dr. Alan Duffy. We're astronomers. And this season, Cosmic Vertigo is taking things to the extreme. Like realizing there are hundreds and thousands of you who have listened to this podcast? That feeling you get when your head spins from having the opportunity to share your scientific passion with so many? That's what we call Cosmic Vertigo. Five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. End of test. Thanks so much to all of you who've sent us your own cosmic comments and queries. This week, it's one from Dylan. Hi, Dr. Bauer and Dr. Duffy. My name's Dylan O'Donnell, and I was just wondering if you could explain for me what globular clusters are. I know they're these spherical balls of stars that hang in space, but why don't they just all crash into each other, and why are they held together in such a close little ball like that? How are they different from galaxies, and how did they get that way? Thanks very much. Bye. Hi, Dylan. Great question. I think globular clusters are really interesting because they were formed early on, and they're kind of stuck together in this really dense, packed ball of stars. But the main difference between these star clusters and a galaxy is the existence of dark matter. The smallest galaxies, they could just have maybe a dozen stars and that's it, but they live in these big pockets of dark matter that's holding them together. Whereas globular clusters were usually formed from big clouds of gas that orbit around the outskirts of the galaxy or in the disk of the galaxy, and they don't have their own little dark matter halo, even though they're so densely packed. And to put it in perspective, there are millions of stars in a globular cluster that stretches between here and the closest star to us, which is essentially just filled with empty space. In our case, just imagine filling that with millions, tens, hundreds of millions of stars. They're incredible systems. So they're very strange, very extreme. Their gravity is enough to hold them together, but they do evaporate over time. So that is to say, stars do leave the globular cluster. They shrink over time. Don't the outer stars kind of get kicked out, but that central region becomes more and more dense as they go off? Yeah, yeah. The technical term is it's got a negative heat capacity, which is just like a mad thing to say. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> we'll just throw that out there. So in other words, the density increases in the center while the overall structure begins to puff up and evaporate because those outer edge stars are sort of kicked out of this ever more densely packed center. The cool thing about these globular clusters is that they are so densely packed that stars do directly collide with one another. And that is something you never see in in collisions. Yeah, that's a really rare phenomenon. Yeah, like the Milky Way and the Andromeda colliding together to create the milkshake. I can almost guarantee that you will never see a star collide from the Milky Way and one with Andromeda, even though the two seem these like solid objects sloshing past one another and through one another. You'll just never see a collision. But in globular clusters, you get these collisions all the time. And they can cause runaway growth of massive stars building from other stars, essentially cannibalism, directly colliding stars. They can cause enormous explosions and they can also cause the formation, we now know, of these strange beasts of a medium-sized black holes because we've actually seen the presence of 
these class of black holes now sitting deep in globular clusters. Mm. And we've also seen or heard the formation of these mass black holes through gravitational waves. So, yeah, they're pretty cool objects. Hi, guys. How is it that Andromeda is on a collision course with our own galaxy if space is ever-expanding? Thanks. Do I get to talk about my favorite milkshake again? (laughs) (laughs) I know you love milkshake. (laughs) I know. So the Andromeda galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy live in something that's not very creatively named, but it's a local group. And so there's a clump of about 60 to 100 galaxies that we've seen, Andromeda and the Milky Way being the big ones, and they happen to be gravitationally bound. So even though the whole universe is expanding and it's accelerating in its expansion, Andromeda and the Milky Way are close enough and massive enough that they are stuck together. They are not going to get separated from that big universe expansion. This is true of systems that live currently in galaxy clusters or galaxy groups. They have enough gravity to hold them together and they won't get ripped apart from that expansion of the universe. Based on our current understanding of dark energy, the moment that galaxies or big systems or just anything in space begins to clump together or has enough gravity such that it is self-bind, then the dark energy expansion effects are, are gone. It doesn't begin to get ripped apart. Yeah, that gravity works on, on kind of a smaller scale. So the distance between Andromeda and Milky Way is such that their gravity can hold them together. Dark energy sort of works on much bigger scales and much emptier space. Yeah, so the region around the milkshake and the local group and, and whatever isn't currently gravitationally bound to us, that is definitely going to empty out and definitely going to expand away. And we will end up very isolated and alone as our milkshake. Next week, we've got more cosmic vertigos for you. All about what's longest and what's quickest.